on this week's episode. Are we still living in a Jurassic world? Are microtransactions keeping Diablo from being immortal? And was I ready to binge from my vacation? All this and more as we reach our next stop, the PCC Multiverse. Don't be alarmed. The quasi-shimmering light before you is a trans-dimensional gateway to other worlds, other voices, other thoughts, and other realities. Up feels like down, and down feels like the number seven on a Wednesday morning. Don't worry. That quivering, blood-boiling sensation under your eyebrows is all a part of the charm. Welcome to the PCC Multiverse. And we're back. Aloha! With another episode of the PCC Multiverse. This is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and the Lakers Fast Break. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our great shows. And if you can, please give us that five-star review. Almost said like William Shatner. <laughs> you know, it sounded like William Shatner anyways. On Apple Podcasts. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, follow, or do anything that you can to support us right here at the Lakers Fast Break, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, Game Source, Pop Culture Cosmos, go ahead and check out our website, popculturecosmos.com. And to let you know, we are the number one tabletop RPG streamer on Facebook. And you can watch all the great action today, plus the latest news and trends of pop culture. We got it covered for you all right there at Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook. If you can do all that and support all that, it is sincerely appreciated. But it wouldn't be a PCC multiverse without my good friend, my dear friend, who is back to see me upon my return from vacation. She is an outstanding individual indeed. She is the nemesis of her husband, Robbie (laughs) Ross. Plus also as well, she hosts a tremendous amount of games including Wizards and Wine, and she will tell you more about all that she's doing because she's got a ton of stuff. It's so numerous. It would take up the whole podcast. Oh, my goodness. I'm going to try to not take up the whole podcast. Okay, but she's going to tell you anyways what she's doing today for Pop Culture Cosmos and, of course, the awesome Wizards and Wine and, of course, amazing Vampires and Vitae. It is my good friend indeed. It is Miss Melinda Barkhouse-Ross. And, Melinda, I'm glad you're feeling better. I'm glad, glad you're back. Thank you. I'm glad to be back. Kinda, although <laughs> Hawaii is yeah, it's Hawaii. I tell yeah, you what. I understand. Yeah. Mahalo to Hawaii. You did another great job again. But Melinda, it's great to hear you. And I heard Robbie before we got on the show. Just truly great to have you both back in good spirits again, and great to have you back on the program. Indeed. Yeah, thrilled to be back for sure. Feeling much, 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 much better. Before I let you go ahead and pitch away on all the great stuff, I wanted to go ahead and get a couple things out of the way. Cool Jams Radio, one of our great radio stations that lets us go ahead and showcase our shows on their awesome station, is hitting the big three. So I want to go ahead and give them a happy birthday and happy third anniversary to Cool Jams Radio. Plus also as well, I want to thank everybody who stopped by on the shows and our Shows that we put out there for you on my vacation. So TJ Johnson, Jeff Sloboda, Hamanish Goel. Of course, you and I did a show. All the individuals that part of the awesome DM roundtable that we did. And of course, my good friend, Mr. Josh Peterson on 300 of Pop Culture Cosmos. I want to thank everyone for being a part of that. Now, 
before we go into all the stuff that we're talking about, including Jurassic World Dominion, Diablo Mortal, Black Adam, Netflix Geek Week, and of course, all the great stuff that I hopefully caught up on on vacation. What are you working on? My good friend, Mrs. Melinda Barkhouse Ross. So much stuff. Let's start with Wizards and Wine. So this past Monday officially kicked off the Wild Beyond the Witchlight. So I've already done my session zero with the girls back in Halifax. Everything went really well. We all have our characters kind of nailed down and the players were able to get as far as the other side of the ticket booth. So the whole gang is together because I'm doing this with two separate groups. The decisions and actions of one are going to influence the other. So I have a local Vegas group here that's going to start up this coming Monday. We're going to be doing our session zero. I think we're just going to record audio for that one. I'm not sure if we're going to stream it yet. I don't know if I've got my backdrops ready. Is there anybody from the Demolition Force crew or anybody that we know is going to be involved yeah. in this? So Roger is going to be part of it and Robbie is going to be part of it as oh, well. Oh, you're in and trouble. Have, my condolences. I, to both I know. Of I know. Yeah. That and I have four brand new players. Ooh, fresh yes. meat for the grinder. Yeah, they're jumping into D&D &D for the first time with the Wild Beyond the Witchlight and me as their DM. Watch out. Yeah, so oh. it's going to be a lot of fun. We're really excited about it. And, you know, everybody's starting to panic a little bit and <laughs> if they run fun. from the house and they slam the door behind them is that a sign they may not want to return it's a sign i've done a really good job that may be a sign they've watched too much stranger things but that's <laughs> well, an inside joke right there that too yes and then for vampires and vitae we have this really cool contest going on right now so um uh, gosh over a year ago now i backed a tarot deck it was called the alley man tarot i'm going to show you the box this is the box that it comes in. And this is a tarot deck that has been curated from a whole bunch of other tarot decks. There's over a hundred cards in the deck, in the base deck. And I have four of them along with the spiral bound book that comes with all of the, with the tarot deck. The reason why we're doing it is because this deck is actually hugely responsible for the inspiration for my vampire character, Esther. So it's unique, it's a little bit wild, it's a little bit chaotic. <laughs> it's all of the things that Esther is. And you can find the contest on the Vampires and Vitae Facebook page. There are five cards. We're asking you to come up with a very brief meaning for each of the five cards. And then like a suggestion for a way that it would affect a dice pool, be it plus one to etiquette, plus one to politics, minus one to willpower, whatever you think suits what you've come up with. And there's an example of the uh, tarot system that we use now, but everything is right there on Facebook. And if you have any questions, absolutely send us a message and I'll get back to you as quickly as I can. And the contest is running right through until July. I've got four decks. I should mention as well, an autographed deck by the alley man of these cards, the same ones that are up for grabs in this contest are going for $550 on eBay. Um, granted, these ones aren't autographed by the, the alley man, but they could be autographed by vampires in Vitae. There you uh, go. Uh, I don't know. Anyway, we're really excited about it. We're really proud of it. And yeah, to go ahead and enter the contest. It'll be fun. Absolutely. And one more time, where can they go to enter the contest? Just search Vampires and Vitae on Facebook and you'll find your way there. And it's a pinned post right to the top of the page. So you don't have to scroll for like three weeks worth of information. It's right there at the top. There you go. The mastermind behind Vampires and Vitae, Wizards and Wine, the whole nine yards. It is Melinda Barkhouse Ross. Please go ahead and support her great cause and be part of the great contest today at Vampires and Vitae indeed. But 
before we head to the break, there's a lot of great things to talk about. I quickly ran through the gambit of what we're going to be talking about today. But first up, it is Jurassic World Dominion that is going to be hitting the mean streets of the U.S. I'm trying to be like a Tyrannosaurus Rex, but doing an extremely bad job of it right now. Yeah, oh, well. It's, it's terrifying, but not because it's related to dinosaurs. Yeah, I know. That's uh, <laughs> what can I say? Unfortunately, that's that's quite true. But it is Jurassic World Dominion. It is now in theaters everywhere. You go see movies. It is done pretty good in international theaters in advance of the domestic release. It is expected to do probably, I think the latest estimates I heard were around 150 million, maybe more, at least to the upfront, it's going to be doing very well. I think that it will not have the same hold as Top Gun Maverick in the second week, because Top Gun Maverick has now claimed the all-time record for lowest difference in second from first week for a movie that did over $100 million domestically here in the U.S. because it only shrank 29% from the first week to the next, which is an outstanding hold. I don't think that Jurassic World Dominion will find that same success because the movie is getting roasted over the coals. Oh, dear. And as it's a 38 on Metacritic as of this recording, which is absolutely putrid. The movie is supposed to be a finality. The ending or conclusion of the Jurassic World series. And I think in the critics' mind, it didn't come soon enough after watching this film. It's supposed to combine all the great individuals from the, or that are still alive, from the original movies with Sam Neill and Laura Dern and Jeff Goldblum, combining with the forces of Bryce Dallas Howard and Chris Pratt today, and some added new characters upon that as well. Your thoughts on this with Jurassic World Dominion? I think it's going to be very front-loaded. I think it's going to do very well initially, but we're not going to see the same kind of success long-term that we're seeing from Top Gun Maverick. Yeah, I know that they are definitely working the talk show appearance circuit because I don't think there's a talk show that Jeff Goldblum hasn't been on, and it's only Thursday. This Ours. Week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I forgot. I'll call him and see what he's doing. But I think that alone is a little bit of a hint that they're trying to perhaps downplay a little bit of what the critics are starting to say about it. I always feel like the harder they hit the talk show circuit, the more they're trying to do some of that damage control around the movies. Well, they Maybe. didn't allow the critical receptions or the reviews to come out until just before the movie got released here in the States. Yeah. So it's that's never a, a good sign. No, it never is. And, you know, I, I'm excited to see the conclusion of the Jurassic Park stuff. It's not the end of Jurassic Park big picture, though, is it? Well, they're saying it is. They're saying that it's the yeah. conclusion of this epic uh, event series. Yeah. You uh, and I both know that's not going to happen. Yeah. You and I both know that there will be a future for the Jurassic whatever they're going to end up calling it. Jurassic Park, Jurassic World, yeah. Jurassic whatever series that's going to continue. And that's what I wanted to talk to you about, because the first movie, Jurassic Park, that amazed everyone. It still looks good today. It still has many special effects things. For me, actually, is a more monumental movie than Avatar. I know Avatar gets all this hype and publicity about you know, how it changed the game, how right. it changed Hollywood. But a lot of these practices were already done in Hollywood. I know as far as the way and approach and certain things that they added on to that are now standard practice today. but that original Jurassic Park and the original effects that it shot were devastatingly beautiful. And the dinosaurs 
the way they were created and the way they came to life onto the screen, even for a movie that I've called a glorified slasher film over the course of the past two decades, which essentially it is. And Steven Spielberg is one of the most underrated horror movie directors ever, even though he tries to pass off his a lot of his films as not horror movies. If you kind of look at them in a different light, they kind of are in a lot of occasions horror movies. But Jurassic Park is a memorable movie nonetheless, and it is something that I think that has stood the test of time. And because of that, all these other movies have been able to feed off the original's love. And the resurgence of Jurassic World has, for the most part, done a great job of continuing that. This will still, I think, again, do well up front. But going forward, this will not be the last time we see something out of the Jurassic series. I think that the future could be on Peacock. I remember speaking to you about the Fast and Furious Fast series. And Furious, One, yeah. Once they finish that part one, part two, or 10, 11, or whatever they're going to call it, <laughs> they're all doing now part one, part two. We're even seeing it on Stranger Things. But once they finish it, this series could become a TV series as an option to lift up the struggling Peacock streaming service that you and I did not give great grades to when we were doing our streaming 101 series. That yeah, we were pretty hard on it. <laughs> we were pretty hard on it. And the thing is, I think that if they want to go ahead and do so, I think that there could be a future over there. Although I'm assuming you and I both know that they will probably come back with more Jurassic movies of some type down the road. That's my guess. Uh, but I think a, a series, TV series might not be a bad direction to go in. Yeah, I agree. And I think that the options are pretty endless when you're looking at a TV show. I mean, you could do Dinosaur of the Week. You could do, I don't know, you could do Bad Human of the Week. <laughs> Clever girl. Dinosaurs. I don't know. I don't know. There's a ton of options that having a TV series opens for these movie franchises. So it would be interesting. I would give it a few episodes to see how it was. There you go. There, I'm going to say it again for you, leaning back from the original. Clever girl. <laughs> right. Before he got his head chopped off. You know, yeah. But uh, I, I think that's just something that they need to look at. They probably will look at, but the money is most likely that this will not be the finality of the series. It's probably with this crew of the Bryce Dallas Howard and Chris Pratt crew. This is probably their last time they do it until they get brought back 20 years later in a Jurassic movie. But this right. will not be the end of the Jurassic movies. You just don't end the cash cow. I mean, my gosh, they've got the rise at the Universal Studios. They've got, you know, they've done so much with the IP. I still don't see an end for it at any point in time down the road. I think they're going to go back into it. But there are so many ways that they could still go down. I think that a TV series is something they should consider, especially, like you said, with our thoughts on where it stands with Peacock at this point and the fact that they cannot hold an audience with most of the series that they have right now. So I think that's something they need to look at down the road, but it is Jurassic world dominion. It is out right now. T-Rex biting off people's heads again here in the theaters. So I want to hear your thoughts out there, everyone, please let us know your thoughts on Jurassic world dominion. Did you enjoy it much more so than the critics? Do you recommend it to people out there? And have you enjoyed this series beyond the breathtaking and monumental movie the original one was? Please let us know, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com, at popculturecosmo, popculturecosmos on Facebook. Wherever you get your social media, just hit us up at popculturecosmos and let us know your thoughts on Jurassic World Dominion. 
and the Jurassic series. Is there life still left in the dinosaurs for Jurassic World? So let us know your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Thanks for checking out the PCC, you know, the Pop Culture Cosmos. We'll be back in one moment. For the latest news and information, analysis and opinions on the Los Angeles Lakers and the NBA, check out the Lakers Fast Break podcast today on wherever you get your podcasts. My friend, there's still much more to talk about on today's program. A game that you have repeatedly (laughs) said on this show that you love oh so much. It's true. It's true. Yeah, it's it's true. It's true. It's Pong. No, I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Where is my head? I'm telling you. No, actually. I don't know. Yeah, it's actually Diablo. It's Diablo. You've loved that IP for so long. And Diablo Immortal came out to mobile and do PC as well. They initially said they were going to do it. Then they kind of took it away. And then there was a big fervor over it. So they're going to put it back on PC as well. It is a free to play game. And that's, yes. And that's something that we really didn't discuss before when we talked about Diablo Immortal and the whole, okay, is or is not going on a PC. Now it is. But the thing is, it is a free-to-play game. It is something that I think a lot of people were kind of cool with initially. Oh, it's free, and it looks pretty good. It looks like a really detailed Diablo game. But upon its release, a lot of people are talking about the fact that because it's a free-to-play, there's a ton of different microtransactions and ways to go ahead and spend your money. Now, if it's a free-to-play game, and if you're building a free-to-play game, you've got to have microtransactions. I respect that. I'm, I'm not saying differently. That's what you got to do. It's what you got to do. But the way you should give people the option to go ahead and grind if they don't want to spend money or if they do want to spend money on cosmetic or things to help themselves in the game, they can do that. That's fine. But you need to allow people that want to just play it for free to play it for free and feel like they're being rewarded for it, even if it's grind. The questions have come up in the Diablo fan circles, i.e. Melinda Barkhouse. And she, she, but they have been indicating that they are very unhappy with the way that these microtransactions are being distributed and being offered. And the fact is that in a lot of cases, it might be preventing people from actually grinding their way to success in Diablo Immortal. So I want to hear your thoughts. The floor is now yours. This is a series that has been so near and dear to both you and Robbie. Yeah. Set on the show as far as devoting your time to it. But I want to hear your thoughts now on Diablo Immortal. And is this going to be something that you're going to continue your love for Diablo with? Well, let me start here. I have talked all of the girls from Wizards and Wine into picking up Diablo 3 so we can all jump on PlayStation and play Diablo 3 together. That's how serious I am about this game. I've always enjoyed it. There's something just relaxing and easy to manage about a good hack and slash with a decent story behind it. I love it. Now, I have yet to even bother downloading Diablo Immortal for a lot of reasons. One of them is that I absolutely detest a pay-to-win game. I don't like it. Free-to-play is fine, but when you start, like, you you pay certain points to just be able to upgrade your characters, 
that's not okay. If I've reached the level and I'm ready to upgrade my character and I have all of this loot and I'm ready to do it, I shouldn't have to pay to be able to do that. I've also heard that they have a cap. So you can only go so far in the game in terms of leveling up your character unless you put some money into it. Yeah, I don't like that. I really don't. I would rather pay you the $75 or the $115 to get the super ultra version of the game, which I would fork out money for because I know I'm going to spend hours on it. And I would much rather do that then at every turn, pay another $1.99 for something, $2.99 for something, $5.99 for something. You know, get another 10,000 gems for $15.99. No. Give me more of an opportunity to earn them in-game and be able to take the time that I've invested in your game and allow me to level up my character. I just, it bothers me so much. My youngest daughter plays two or three free-to-play games, and yeah. she's a grinder. She doesn't pay. Sometimes it will give her point cards, you know, that, that allows her to go ahead and buy things on the microtransactions, but she does not spend her own money on yeah. it. She grinds. She's willing to grind, and she's happy yep. to go ahead and grind away on it for days, weeks, months on end. And in every free-to-play game, that should be the end goal. That should be the end goal if you want to go ahead and have that option. It should take you longer. And, uh, you know, to be quite honest with you, if I'm developing it, it should take you a lot longer to get from point A to point Z if you're going to play it free than if you want to go ahead and spend your way to it. It should be that way. And I have no problems with that. I absolutely have no problems with that. But when your microtransactions or ways to get from point A to point Z are hindered and outright, in some cases, what's being reported on could be blocked, Unless you paid said microtransactions, that to me is an issue and that to me is a problem. Yeah, I agree. There was a game that I used to play called War and Order. I think I had it on a tablet and I had it on my phone as well. And Mm -hmm. that was the situation. You would get so far in building and developing your city and upgrading your castle and doing all of that stuff. And then if you did happen to put some money down on it, you would almost immediately get attacked by other characters. And then it takes you months to get back what you what you had already earned. And in that month, they've already gone around the map and they're coming back to you and it's your turn again. And those yeah. are players who are absolutely paying to play those games. And I don't begrudge them for being able to do that. But if I'm level 17 and you're coming back to attack me for the fourth time in a week, maybe just leave me alone. I don't know. Maybe I'm looking at the games wrong, but it's possible. But, you know, I got I got salty enough that I had to just erase the game. And I've tried to go back to it a couple of times and the same thing happens even still. So I'm just like, you know what? I'm going to hang up that one. But to have such deterrence from allowing you to go yeah. ahead and succeed, even if you want to just go ahead and play it for free and grind all the way, that's a that's a problem. That's a disturbing problem. And with these free-to-play games, when they release, it's either feast or famine. People absolutely love it. Or people absolutely cannot stand the way they're structured when these games come out, these free-to-play games to come out. Because yeah. like that it's either done right or it's done wrong. And Diablo Immortal, there's a chance. It's not 100% definitive. It's not 100% proven yet. But there's a chance that some things in there were done incorrectly or were done in the wrong fashion upon its release right now. I mean, it's still early. But the, the feedback is not 100% great right now for, for Diablo Immortal. I'm going to 
just go for it and say it. It's closer to a unanimous thumbs down because of how the microtransactions and things seem to be set up. It's just a mistake for these free-to-play developers and developers in general. I mean, we're seeing big names come into this play because of the success of Fortnite, because of what Epic Games has done. We've seen EA get into it, Activision get into it. We, you know, we've seen Blizzard now get into it. We've seen all these big names step into the free-to-play arena, free-to-play arena. It's just, it's there's big money in it. People think, oh, it's a free game. Can't really make that much money. There's a ton of money in it, isn't There's it? There's so much money they make off of that. So much. And it's no wonder that, you know, you could sell, like I said, the the fully developed video game. And I will buy the deluxe package at $110. i would go $150 on Diablo. Yeah. I adore it that much. But when you are just constantly asking me for money and more and more money in this app, I'm not going to play it. I'm going to turn it off. And that's the thing right now when it, it comes me. to Diablo Immortal. It's very early in the process, so they still have some time to go ahead and tweak things and make things a little bit more fair. Now, mind you, again, it should still be weighted towards you wanting to spend money on the microtransactions, but it should also allow you to go ahead and grind through the process to eventually get at the same point if you didn't want to spend the money on the microtransactions. So that's... A delicate balance, I know, for these developers, but some who have gotten it right have really profited and really made a money, off, really made a ton of money off of it, and they've got a lot of good feedback from those who played played for free and those who played it using the microtransactions. So, hopefully, yeah, and- Diablo Immortal will be able to, to to learn from those lessons. Yeah, and and again, my biggest beef with it is that even if you are going to attempt to just grind through the game and it's going to take you twice as long or three times as long, if they really are capping your character development and your ability to continue to level up your character and stuff like that, uh, just because you're grinding and you didn't pay for it, that's a problem. That is a problem, dude. So I'm hoping, again, Blizzard will go ahead and find that happy medium with fans out there of Diablo Immortal. Hope. Hopefully it'll be to the point where even you, the Diablo fan that you are, will want to get into the game. If you do, please let me know. Please let us know out there so you can go ahead and give your thoughts on the game if that's the case. But I also want to hear everybody else that is interested or thinking about going ahead and playing Diablo Immortal, which is now out on mobile and PC. If you can go ahead and check out our thoughts on it, please go ahead and always do so. But we want to hear your thoughts. Are you interested in playing Diablo Immortal? Are you concerned about the microtransactions? Please let us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. But before we hit the break, Melinda, it is the Black Adam trailer. I just wanted to go ahead and make a quick mention of that. That finally dropped a full trailer. We've We've already seen bits and pieces of it already, but the full Black Adam initial trailer has dropped. I see some good signs from it. It looks pretty promising. It's coming out later this year. Your thoughts on the Black Adam trailer before we head to the break? Yeah, I think The Rock looks great in the role, and <laughs> I, he really does. And yeah, I'm incredibly optimistic for it, and it will probably be another one that manages to get me to the theater. Okay, fair enough. I just, yeah. as you're saying those words, I could just see the rock style eyebrow going yeah. up on Robbie Ross's <laughs> face right there as he's in the background, but. It is Black Adam trailer. It is available right now. If you want to go ahead and look at it, the link we have available for you right there at the Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook. Please go ahead and check it out. But 
it is really starting to look good on it as it opens up later this year. The release date is October 21st, 2022. So looking forward to that. I know I am. I know Melinda is. And I'm hoping you are as well. But if you have thoughts out there on what's going on with Black Adam, seeing Pierce Brosnan as Dr. Fate, I thought that was really a nice touch to see him open up and seeing him have the knowledge that Black Adam can either save the world or destroy it. I thought that was a very nice touch. I like that premise, having him narrate in a conversation with the rock i'm assuming he's talking to the rock as he's going ahead and narrating but using that for an outlier for the trailer just to show you what kind of strength he has and what kind of power he has so it is really i think a really well-made trailer really good one for dc dc has always been kind of shaky on their trailers so i'm really happy with that but melinda any last thoughts on black adam before we head to the break more pierce brosnan back on the big screen Remington Steel, indeed. Yes, absolutely. I'm old enough, so I watched him on Remington Steel. That's how yes. old I am. But yeah, I vaguely remember Remington Steel, but obviously him as James Bond was, was a, a huge part of my life. He's one of my favorite James Bonds, absolutely. Yeah. If you've got a lot of things to say about the Black Adam trailer, you can always let us know. Pop Culture Cosmos, wherever you get your podcast, wherever you get your social media, and of course, Pop Culture Cosmos at yahoo.com. Coming up after the break, we're going to talk about what Melinda kind of liked or didn't like about Netflix Geek Week. And did I successfully binge watch the entire world of pop culture? I have some good things and some not so good things to say about my binging upon my return from vacation in pop culture. That's coming up after the break. This is the PCC Multiverse. And if you're ready to talk toys, I haven't stopped talking toys. Let's get to it. It's the Jay and Rob Toy Show, and we're back for season two for 10 more episodes of Toy Talking Goodness. And this time, we talk Marvel figures, we talk DC figures, Holy Grails, play sets, what if scenarios, and so much more. But we're not alone. We've brought a few friends with us this time. All that, and of course, our action figure spotlight. So check out the Jay and Rob Toy Show season two exclusively on Jinx Esports TV Canada. And we're back with the PCC Multiverse, Gerald Glassford and Mrs. Melinda Barkhouse-Ross, the mastermind behind such notable games as Wizards and Wine and Vampires and Vitae. Please check out the latest stuff that she's doing today, including a contest which you can win an awesome set of tarot cards right there mm-hmm. at Vampires and Vitae. Please do it today. You'll be glad you did. But the rest of the show, I thought we talked about some cool things again in pop culture because it seemed to be this week, you get back from the plane, you get off the plane, coming back from vacation, and pop culture overload hit me, starting with Netflix Geeked Week, which was all week long for Netflix. Yeah. I mean, it's a, first of all, it's a great idea. Yeah. I'm so glad that they did it. I'm so glad that they're doing it. It's nice to see that Netflix is devoting some time to this. And they clearly, with E3 being out of the way, they decided to go ahead and confiscate the second week of June, or at least the first full week of June on, on this uh, avenue that they can go ahead and showcase out there to everyone. The thing is, though, you know, one of the great reasons why that we love Netflix so, so much is they have so much content that they throw out at you. Yeah. And they throw it out at you and they see what sticks. The same thing when they're trying to introduce stuff. They do the same thing over the course of the past few days, and they've just been throwing stuff left and right at you, saying, we're going to throw this at you, we're going to throw that at you. 
we know we canceled some stuff. We know we canceled some animation stuff. We know we canceled some live action stuff. But you know what? We still got a ton of stuff we're going to throw at you. And it was so hard to keep up what's going on with Netflix Geek Week. But was there anything from Netflix Geek Week that stood out to you? The Resident Evil. They showed more The Gray Man. They have showed Stranger Things for part two coming up in in July, you know, they've got a lot of stuff that they sent out, plus all the comedy shows, the animated shows, One Piece they talked about. They talked about a whole bunch of stuff. Wednesday, they showcased her. Anything that really stuck out to you as far as Netflix Geek Week is concerned? Yeah, definitely the Wednesday Adams show. I'm very, very curious about that. I'm also looking forward to season two of Inside Job. I am very excited for the School of Good and Evil. But the thing is, again, they throw so much at you yeah. at one time, including Chris Evans' mustache again, the trash stash, as they're calling it in the movie. That's, hey, Ryan Gosling said it, yeah. trash stash. So yeah. they're even doing it as a marketing tool. As they're like, they had it like in a uh, container like you would like a Kenner Star Wars toy. They had it like Amazing. that as far as, yes, you two can have the Chris Evans trash stash. But yeah. I want to just say that I think that Netflix, again, still, even with all of the bad news that came their way earlier this year with the loss in subscribers and, and of course, the cutbacks that they have made, they are still one of the kings of the hill when it concerns the streaming outlet business. And to see all the stuff that's coming along the way, again, there's a lot of things that Netflix throws at you. Do you think any of them really will stick? Yes, absolutely. I saw that Shadow and Bone was another one that was announced as officially getting a season two, which is great. I'm also looking forward to the creative team behind John Wick are developing a vampire show or movie with Jamie Foxx that will be for Netflix. So that was, you know, at least interesting. It piqued my interest. And Lock and Key. uh, It's called Day Shift, just to let you know. Day Shift, that's right, yes. And Lock and Key, they're talking about season three, I want to say, for the one, yeah. I know the first and second seasons were filmed in Nova Scotia, Canada. Shout out to the South Shore of Nova Scotia. But yeah, so as far as I know, this season also will be filmed there in Nova Scotia. And it will also be the final season for Lock and Key. Yeah, but it's just stunning scenery. It really is beautiful. And if you haven't watched any of the series yet, now is a great time to, to sit down and binge it. And then you'll be ready for when season three drops. I also like the fact that they gave a little bit of a showcase for Stranger Things season four part two that's coming up in july i'll talk a little bit more about that on what i binged (laughs) coming back off the break to close out the show but with netflix geek week i mean when we talk about in our streaming 101 as far as the future for these streaming outlets i don't want to underestimate what people think and what people say about netflix because yes the rates are high for netflix i mean they're higher than anyone else but what they deliver is usually better in almost any category than anyone else because they dabble in so much of everything they do have reality shows they do have kids shows they do have animated shows they do have adult shows they do have movies they have become the preeminent entertainment entity for this period of time in our lives so are they doing enough to maintain it the resident evil series and some other choices that they made i think that they've spent a ton of money on are really not as as well thought out as I as I once thought. I mean, they've they've actually talked about behind the scenes in recent days about the Irishman and how that was, even though it did pretty good numbers on the channel, 
because of the fact it was a $200 million movie, it's, it's really not what they want to continue to do. So you're going to be seeing less of these humongous movies that are going to be showcasing going forward, like The Gray Man. I think you're going to be seeing less of those $200 million movies. What they want to do more is like The Atom Project. I think that's what they want to go to in the future are these movies that are easy to film, pretty easy to budget, and pretty easy to go ahead and get out there and promote if it has one or two big stars. But your thoughts on Netflix's future going forward coming out of Geek Week? Okay, so coming out of Geek Week, they talked about 51 different projects, both movies, both series, remakes of cartoons becoming live action for One Piece, which, by the way, I don't get. I don't, I don't everybody talks about it, but I don't, I don't get it. I mean, if it didn't work for Cowboy Bebop, which I thought deserved another season, by the way. Yeah. I, I do you think One Piece is gonna, has a, do you think One Piece has a better shot? I, I don't know. I don't. I just don't get it. I, I know people say outlandish things like give it a hundred episodes. I don't have a hundred episodes in me for something that I don't. Like. Is One Piece more well known than Cowboy Bebop? I don't know. I think they're right near each other on as far Gosh, as here in they, the states. They certainly both have their fan bases. That's for sure. Anyway, what I was saying is. 51 things were announced and they put rates up a little bit and they're really cracking down on their password sharing. They're doing all of that so they can continue to make announcements of 51 different projects that they're working on to bring to you. So you can sit on your couch and and take in the stuff that Netflix is putting together and putting out for you. So I'm kind of happy to pay 20 bucks a month knowing that during a week they're going to make an announcement of 51 different projects, the majority of which I'm super stoked to see and know that it's one of the more expensive, but my goodness, they're really giving you the content to justify the price. I think. I I agree with you. People, you should have faith in Netflix. I understand it was kind of tenuous when they made the announcement that they were losing subscribers or that they had lost subscribers and, it's kind of tenuous when the, you know, the decisions that they were making, how's this going to affect my membership? What are we going to be able to see, continue to see great content, et cetera, et cetera. Well, whether or not it's great or not, it's up to you. Again, there's a lot of these stuff that they're going to make. It just looks like it's, it's there just because it's whatever's trying to do. They're getting something to make stick, but there is going to be some quality stuff that they do put out there as well. So for every Resident Evil series that they put out there, which does not look promising, right. they are going to put out stuff like The Gray Man, which is going to be hopefully for them a blockbuster hit going forward. So I'm looking forward to seeing what Netflix will continue to do. Again, I mean, Kevin Smith, The He-Man, Masters of the Universe Revolution, I'm looking forward to seeing another season of that. I thought that was, uh, again, an overall success for them. But Netflix has just got to make sure they go ahead and let these shows develop. If they've got, if they're putting it out on the air, don't cancel it after one season. They have a habit of having a little bit of an itchy trigger finger yeah. with some of their stuff. Mm-hmm. I think Cowboy Bebop is an example of that. Mm-hmm. I understand for them the numbers are based off of how many people got from episode one to episode whatever it is that it finishes on, you know, six, seven, eight, or nine, whatever. I understand that's the ultimatum for them. It's not what it starts at, but what it ends at as far as the numbers are concerned. But give the chance for these shows to go ahead and flesh out their stories. Give them a chance at least for another season before you Mm -hmm. go ahead and give them the axe. You know what? Cowboy Bebop, if that had to become a regular series, I was dying for the drag queen who was the, I believe he was the hostess in the bar. I would watch a spinoff series of that character. 
that was an interesting character. And I wanted to know so much more about that character. But, you know, now season's over. Womp womp. You'll yeah, never the series over. I miss yeah. that. Yeah, and it was a shame that they didn't give that show its fair due or its fair chance. But, yeah. you know, it's Netflix. And it's on to what's next with them. And as yep. we talked about, over 50 different projects in the works that they showcase this week at Netflix Geek Week. We do have a link in the Pop Culture Cosmos Facebook stream right there for you as far as if you want to go ahead and check out what exactly took place at Netflix Geek Week. It's right there for you, right there in the stream. So if you want to go ahead and check it out, it's Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook. It'll tell you everything you need to know about Netflix Geek Week. But is there something in particular that you loved about Netflix Geek Week? Was it showing off The Gray Man? Was it Resident Evil, the series? Was it something else in mind? The announcement of a second season for Kevin Smith's return for the masters of the universe revolution was it something else was there anything that stood out to you for netflix geek week that'll keep you entrenched into watching netflix month after month please let us know pop culture cosmos at yahoo.com and everywhere on your social media right here at pop culture cosmos if you're in the las vegas and henderson areas and are looking to buy sell or trade the best in classic or current video games and pop culture collectibles there's no better place to go than Retro City Games. From Xbox to PlayStation, Nintendo to Atari, the great crew at Retro City Games provides the best place to go for all your gaming options. Stop by their two awesome locations in Henderson and also the Las Vegas Strip, or follow Retro City Games on Facebook and Instagram for all the latest deals and new items. Without a doubt, there's no better place to go for your gaming needs than your friends at Retro City Games. Well, my friend, before we head on out, as I told you, I got off the plane, coming back from my vacation, and I had an absolute ton of pop culture to catch up on. Yeah. It's good and it's bad. The bad was there was a ton of pop culture to catch up on. So it meant some very late, late nights, early mornings for me. But it also meant that right now we are experiencing one of the best times for pop culture I have ever seen in my entire life. Because there are quite a few of quality, good projects that are currently out. Not stuff that's been out, not stuff that's going to be out. Currently, good stuff that people can see. Starting with Top Gun Maverick, a lot of great reviews there. You know, we've already said how well it's doing out there in the theaters. And I came back and I caught up to date with all the episodes that are available with the Orville, New Horizons on Hulu, The Boys, Season 3 on Amazon, Star Trek Strange New Worlds on Paramount Plus, Stranger Things, Season 4, Part 1. Yep. And of course, Disney Plus, Obi-Wan Kenobi, and also the debut this week of Miss Marvel on Disney Plus. And yeah, I guess I mentioned, I said I wouldn't mention it, but yeah, I just finished Hustle on Netflix as well for an upcoming Lakers fast break that I'm going to do. I will say that most of what I saw was really good. And to have so many choices of good material out there that are currently running against each other is actually quite delightful because it's something where okay, I really like this, and I really like this, and I really like this. So before I go in and talk about everything that I caught up with and some general thoughts, I don't want to go into spoilers because I think a lot of people like me had a lot to catch up on and have a lot to catch up on in pop culture. 
Has there been anything that just came out recently that you really want to go ahead and give a shout out to one way or the other? The Obi-Wan Kenobi series is so good. It's so I good. Agree. And I agree. Shame... It's really solid. Really solid. Really solid. Yeah. Really solid. It's so good. And shame on everybody who has an issue with the show for absolutely silly and moronic reasons. And I'm I'm sorry, Gerald. I know you don't like that kind of no, language. But no, it's, it's I mean it's, it's you're exactly right because it's really sad. It's just shameful. It's just disgusting. It's to the point where <laughs> Star Trek and Star Wars are coming together to say what you people are saying and what you people are doing and the messages that these actors in, are receiving is not correct. Yeah, I agree it's with close. you. Yeah. You know, it, it's you've got Star Trek and Star Wars coming together to unite on this issue. And I just think it's reprehensible that you can't be a lead actor in a series and get nothing but guff. Absolutely. Completely silly reasons. Moses Ingram, if you're not familiar, is an inquisitor on the show, and she has received a ton of negative feedback for no apparent reason that is anything relating to the show. She's a tremendous actress. She's doing a great job on the show. She is providing that evil villain that... They're teasing Darth Vader at you. They're throwing the little bits and pieces out there. That's all I'll say about as far as the show's concerned. I don't want to go into too many spoilers, but Moses Ingram is the main antagonist so far in the series, and she is doing a tremendous job, and she needs to be praised for it. And regardless of these people just saying these bad stuff about her online, just because she's part of the Star Wars universe is just reprehensible. It's just terrible that they're doing that. The character that she plays is legitimately terrifying. Yes. And... Her as an actor and her skill is also terrifying. Like, she yes. is so good. Yes. She's so I good. And, 100%. Yeah, such a letdown to hear that she's getting messages. But and, it's, and not it's not surprise. It's not surprise. I mean, John Boyega, <laughs> Kelly Marie Tran, they went through the same things. And it's just, it's, yeah. it's despicable each and every time. But Star Wars Obi-Wan Kenobi has appeared. The first four episodes are now online. Overall, I have a very good opinion of it. It is much yep. better than the Book of Sloba Fett. So I'm yeah, like a pretty low bar for you, though, wasn't it there, bud? I've got to say that it, it ended up okay. Ended up yeah. okay. It started out okay. And it the ended Mandalorian up okay. saved it. <laughs> yeah. Well, the Mandalorian, yeah, he, was, he, was, he saved it for a lot of people. I thought it was okay. I thought he made it okay. But also, as well, I think I, I got so much Boba Fett. I got more Boba Fett than I wanted to know about Boba Fett. I think everybody yeah. wanted to know about Boba Fett, but once you saw Boba Fett play out over the eight episodes, I think it was less like, I think we've had enough of Boba Fett. Yeah, it was just like, oh, okay, he's just a dude. Yeah, he's just a dude indeed. We're, but, we're you know, we can, we can move on. And then they brought Obi- in Mandalorian. It was great. But Ian McGregor, he is killing it. The best thing yeah. about the prequels was him, and <laughs> he's showcasing as to why. So yeah, definitely if you get a chance, check out Star Wars Obi-Wan Kenobi, but like I said, before we go into it, is there anything else that you, you've caught recently? Um, I have always kind of been on the fence about the boys. I've watched the first episode and I am optimistic about it. I am excited to watch the second season. So that's a positive for me. And I haven't watched any of Miss Marvel yet. I do have a couple of the comic books back in Nova Scotia, but I'm excited to see what they do with her story. I'm very excited about it. All right, we'll start with those two. The Boys Season 3 is now available. Uh, I think the first three episodes are what I've watched so far, and it gets off to another 
amazing start in so many different ways. Let's put it this way. The show is so bloody, so graphic, and so out there in what it does or what it tries to outdo itself from the previous season that it almost makes Stranger Things look like a G-rated movie at times. It's true. Yes, but yeah. The Boys season three, it's still very good. Yeah. I think I'm, I'm not enjoying it as much, but that's like going from a 10, because I call it one of the best shows I had seen in quite some time back in the original series, to a show that's really, really good. So it's going like from a 10 to 8 to me, or an 8.5. So it's really still a really good show for me, because the characters are going through a different phase of their lives. It, you know, Some certain things have happened in season one, season two, that a year later after those events have really had them going in a different direction and getting back into the crazy world that we're used to seeing them, it's going to take some time. So I think uh, everybody's doing a reset there, but it has still got its its charm and still got its every bit of good acting from Carl Urban and Anthony Starr as Homelander. So yeah, definitely is still a, a very, very, very good watch indeed. Can you but, imagine uh, for a second that a being like Homelander actually existed and how truly terrifying that person would be? Absolutely. Just oh, that would, we, we'd be so dead. That's all I'll say. But <laughs> if everybody knows what I'm talking about with the episode one on, on season three and the very uh, explosive mm. scene. Uh, I'll just leave it at that. I guess they're top the whale scene. Everybody talked about the whale scene from season two. <laughs> The scene that I'm talking about in season three tops the whale scene, and I'll just leave it at that. But Miss Marvel, for me, is a good surprise, and it's in a good way, because I really think it's a really good initial episode. The production values on this show, I think, are better than any initial episode of any of the Marvel TV series. They have put more work and detail into this initial episode than anything else they've thrown at you. I didn't say it was the best episode or better episode. I really think it's a really, really good episode. But the, to me, the production, the attention to detail, the things that it had to go ahead and accomplish, it did a lot of that. And I really like the way it started so far. So I'm looking forward to Miss Marvel continuing. But yeah, the production value is off the charts. I mean, everybody talks about the tens of millions of dollars they spent on each and every episode for Stranger Things. That I think that Disney Plus spared no expense for Miss Marvel. And that, to me, is a good thing. Because this could have been really like, like a show that they just cast off to the side or made just like it's another show or something yeah. like that. And yeah. they really didn't. They really are doing her justice. And I really am uh, happy to see that. Speaking of Stranger Things, Stranger Things Season 4 and I'm all the way through. I've seen part one. The first seven episodes is under my belt. And it is pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. I've got to say I'm still impressed with Stranger Things. I think, though, that sometimes, amazing enough, I talked about all the money that they spend on each episode. Some of the CG lets me down at times. Some of the oh, green yeah. screens that they're doing lets me down a little bit. But they still are able to go ahead and, and capture the mystique and the horror and of the upside down world in this. And they're trying to tell different stories and trying to piece it all together. And they're doing a good job of that. Plus, Eleven and, and her story is continuing on. And yeah, it is the first seven episodes of Stranger Things, season four, part one. I think it's a really good watch, but I don't think it's quite as good as the show that I'm going to talk about now. And that oh. is the best show I binged of all of these. Star Trek Strange New Worlds. Nice. And I can't believe I'm saying that because it's a Star Trek <laughs> show after Picard, which I gave a 
slight thumbs down to. Actually, I gave it a little bit more than slight thumbs down to because it ended up not really that good. And I think probably heard more than one person say that about Star Trek Picard now in season two. It's been not exactly meeting its obligations, but Star Trek Strange New Worlds goes back to an episodic formula. And I think once you finally sit down with it, Melinda, I think you're going to really like it just for that fact. For me, it seems like a great change of pace, which it's kind of silly because Star Trek Discovery is good, but it has that overarching theme while it still tries yeah. to do an episode of the week and all that, but it still has that major run through that they're still trying to do. With Star Trek Strange New Worlds, it is an actual episode. They're doing this one week, and then they're doing this another week, and they're doing this another week, just like we saw from the original series. Yeah. And to me, it's kind of fresh in that take. And I can't believe I'm saying that, but still. They grab a lot of stuff from the original series because it ties into the original series. And it's so funny because you hear the remixes of the original music. For fans of the original series, this definitely hits a high note. And I really think that it's so well done. They don't have the budgets that Stranger Things or Miss Marvel does. But with what they do with this show... They really camouflage the expense really well, and they put out a really good product because of it. Yeah, it's great. I'm very excited to sit down and watch it. I just need to find some time when I'm not involved in a tabletop RPG game. Well, you're the Star Trek fan, the bigger Star Trek fan among us here. Shame on me, right? You're the Trekkie. I am the mostly Trekkie. I have not seen the entire Star Trek universe like you have, so... This is, to me, one of the better, if not the best, starts to a Star Trek series that they've ever had because of the fact I think that they've learned from all the things from all these other series about how they should start a series, and they've really applied it to this one. And it already features characters, the main three, that have been on Discovery, so they already are familiar with their characters. And Anson Mount, I can't believe, Captain Pike, can't believe that dude in the Inhumans couldn't say any words. Right? He couldn't speak yeah, because he's so articulate and so good at being a captain. He really is doing a bang-up job. So, yeah, it's, it's really good to see what's going on with Star Trek Strange New Worlds. It's a series I highly recommend, and it is the best of the series I saw to date, what I've seen of all the stuff I binged. Well, actually, last but maybe least is the Orville New Horizons, which I was kind of disappointed. I saw the initial episode this week that debuted on Hulu. Okay. Stranger Things had a period of time, what, two, three years? It had an abnormal amount of time between seasons. Yes. The Orville also, because of COVID, and also jumping from Fox to Hulu, had an abnormal amount of time between seasons. Right. With Stranger Things, I think they picked up very well. And I think they picked up the vibe, the characters. Yes, they do look a little older. They're supposed to. And I think it it camouflaged the fact that it was... You know, even though it's supposed to only be just a year in time, that it's actually been three or four years for some of these actors. So it's it's still that they were able to camouflage it really well. With the Orville New Horizons, I don't think they really camouflaged the time difference between what they were doing two, three years ago to what they did now. I don't think they've gotten off to the best of starts. I think it's okay at best. This right. series has always been like that for me. Sure. Like it, it's not been great for me. It's been a it's been a watch. I don't know. Sometimes I, I think I said on this show that I, it's like a car accident. I don't know why I'm watching it, but as I'm passing by, I'm watching it. First I watch it, was, it because it's a genuine love letter to Star Trek. That's why I watch it. 
It, it is and it isn't. So, you know, in the initial episodes were like, uh, it wanted to be a comedy because of Seth MacFarlane, and then it wanted to be a serious drama. And the second season, before they went off the air for a while, it, it actually found a happy place between comedy and drama. It became a nice dramedy, as they say in the business. Yeah. Now I think they need to find a refooting all over again because I think it got off to a sluggish start and it tried to tell some things from the end of season two that it just people have not seen because the show was not seen by enough people. And I think that's to the detriment of the show. And right. I know that with the Orville, I like it to go ahead and stick around, but it's, it's so far as getting off to a rocky start. All right. Well, my fingers are crossed for it anyway. Absolutely. As are mine. As are mine. I, yeah. I will continue watching. Heck, if I watched Halo <laughs> <laughs> and I stuck through that, okay. I guess I'll stick through almost anything. Here is one for you to watch. And I'm going to ask this. Have, did you watch any of Letter Kenny? Not yet. Not yet. Okay. No problem. You can pick up with their spinoff, which is called Shorzy. It's on Hulu. And the first two episodes, you're like, what is this even? And what am I watching? But all of a sudden, you start to see that the show has a lot of heart. And it has a lot of really sweet moments surrounded by gross amounts of profanity and constant chirping back and forth between all of the characters in the in the show but it is so good and it's worth the watch and this started out as like a little tiny youtube series and now you know it's got letter kenny and now a spinoff called shorzy and it's definitely worth your time for you Yes. We'll go ahead and give it a chance. Like, add it to the list. There is crude humor in it, Gerald. I'm sorry, but there, there is. I'm watching the boys. Yeah. Well, <laughs> need I, I say mean, more? There's a couple of scenes in Shorty where you're like, uh, <laughs> but it's really good. It's so good. Uh, yeah. Well, if you've got any shows out there that you want us to catch, we would love to hear your thoughts because you know what? We'll go ahead and do it. If you let us know, we'll go ahead and give a chance. Please go ahead and share your thoughts on a show that you'd love us to watch. Or if you have thoughts on Shorzy or The Boys, The Orville New Horizons, Star Trek Strange New Worlds, Stranger Things, Season 4, Part 1, or Obi-Wan Kenobi and Miss Marvel on Disney+. Plus, If you have thoughts on all those shows, any of those shows, one of those shows, just let us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Well, my friend, I have binged it all. I've caught up to date. You've I'm binged so there and done that. <laughs> I have binged there and done that indeed. I will tell you what, it was a hard chore to do, but I did it for you folks out there. So know that I sacrificed the good fight for you. And nobody believes that. That's for listening to us. But okay, anyways, it's been great talking to you as always, my friend. Great to hear from you. Glad you're on the mend. Glad you and Robbie are doing so much better. Glad to hear your voices on our streams on Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook. But any last thoughts before we head on out? Yes, I am excited for Wednesday, the show, not the day of the week. I think it's going to be really great. And I'm telling you, I've got a really good feeling about the School for Good and Evil. I think that's going to become a, a really significant show for Netflix. I just got a feeling about it. Are you on the side of good or the side of evil? I'm not telling. Okay, fair enough indeed. <laughs> Make sure you catch Josh Peterson and I returning to the big chairs for Pop Culture Cosmos 302. We're going to be talking about the returns initially for 
Jurassic World Dominion, and of course, everything that went on with the Summer Games Fest, because it is a showcase not just for the games, but for Jeff Keighley as well. I don't know. Maybe it's a showcase for him, and then the games. I don't know. But he's, he's pretty big in the gaming world, at least. But yes, check out all the good stuff coming on Monday for that. But Melinda, it's great having you back right here in the cosmos. So for Melinda Barkhouse Ross, this is Gerald Glassford. This is another beautiful day in paradise right here in the PCC multiverse. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great and fantastic day. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. Tangent Bound Network. Let your voice be heard. TangentBoundNetwork.com Thanks so much for downloading the Pop Culture Cosmos and stay tuned as more great podcasts are on the way. Thanks again for listening to us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos.